0: Welcome Welcome to to I Love That, That. a Bachelor podcast.
1: (laughs) I'm Zach. I'm Wade. And we're doctors of brainology and depression, and that is why you come here for the real takes on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, and of course, the shining jewel of the entire franchise, Bachelor in Paradise.
0: We don't pull our punches on this one. If you want a PG podcast, go elsewhere. There are so many.
1: (laughs) Figure it out. Not us. Not us it's a saturday i'm drinking we're a little late so what you want to fight about it
0: it's a holiday it's officially the holidays for the rest of the year uh happy belated thanksgiving we enter week seven of uh this season's bachelorette
1: it is i shouldn't i should have ordered them like that because i've been ordering them as claire up one claire up two and I've got Taisha Ep123. Oh, nice. But it is seven, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's weird. I
0: think I might be wrong about this, but I think on my Hulu, they just don't have the Claire episodes for this season.
1: I think the last Claire one for me is leaving on Wednesday, expiring. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> um,. Cool. Well, this was a good one. uh, This. So my main takeaway is. I really feel like I'm falling in love as they're falling in love, and it's really sweet and nice, and I really like it. And even even some of the stuff where there's there are moments that's like, um, you know, uh, Ben had to go and, you know, uh, repent for his sins. Uh I felt that. Yeah, and it felt real. And it's just, it's just fun and real. And this is why I like this show. It's just so sweet.
0: Yeah, it's it's nice to just see so many genuine connections. And you know, of course, like Taysha is such a good Bachelorette. She's a gem. And
1: yeah, and my my main main takeaway—that's the second main. She's a fucking kissing bandit, bro.
0: Agreed. No, less than and... last episode, but yeah, she's getting in there with a lot of these dudes.
1: A lot of kissing, man. She got lips like pillows, <laughs> as they said about Ari. <laughs> um, I think I've got a couple. Hey, Wade's here.
0: Please, I've got one um, of on my own, so you can go first.
1: Excellent. Hey, Wade. Is that like bold?
0: I like bold. I like it more than mild. You like? you like bold? Yeah. You kind of
1: a spicy guy. You like spicy stuff?
0: Sure. I could eat a whole habanero yeah. pepper and profess my love for Tasha right now.
1: No shit, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go get it. Go get it. Let's see.
0: Oh, I don't. I don't have him on me right now.
1: Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Next episode. If we remember
0: the prop. All right. <laughs> <laughs> What's yours? Okay, just a thought that occurred to me. Like you remember that season of Paradise that Tayshia was on that was really messy where like Jordan and Christian got into a fist fight and got kicked off and Blake was whining the whole time and Demi decided to be the face of bisexuality and bullying and everyone slept on Tayshia for that skinny Hannah girl
1: oh Hannah G yeah yeah yeah. no that that, that was a total fucking mistake I mean and I, I love JPJ But yeah, everyone was sleeping on Tayshia. I think we have auditory record of us talking about everybody sleeping on Tayshia.
0: No, I'm I'm sure. How is not
1: everybody going for her? Exactly.
0: And I was wondering if that's maybe what makes her a good bachelorette, because this is her third season on the show and having been slept on in Paradise and not really, you know, she never like had a sob story or got like sucked into any of the nasty drama so she's relatively like uncontroversial but she has some practice sure
1: to keep it um what's the word i'm looking for above board to call a spade a spade i guess or to keep everything on the uh straight and narrow is she was a part of that one scene in paradise where they were being total mean girls and I forget the girl there were being Mean Girls, too.
0: Right. I forget who it was, too, but wasn't Sydney in it was the Sydney click with her? It was
1: Sydney I think, De- Demi. I forget. They were being absolute monsters to this poor girl.
0: Yeah. Who was it, though? Was it, like, Annalise or someone who totally deserved it? No clue. Ah. Not a single
1: clue at all. Um, But, hey, whatever. You know, I uh, I, I just no one is disgenuine in this episode and it appear well i don't know i lied i lied there is some disgenuinity in words of uh, bachelor parlance um hmm. but it's just so again it's just so sweet and fun to to see like it appears that everyone but noah is there to really love her. Like, after this trim down at the end of the episode, I think everyone there is totally would totally be in love with her.
0: I could see it. I have some concerns. There's a, okay. I, might, I might disagree with you slightly here.
1: It's okay. I'm going to let you drive, so we've done our intro, and right. you run through it however you
0: decide. <laughs> All right, well, let's just go in order. We start off with a group date, where the challenge is to write a love song for Tasha and naturally I, watching this thought I would fucking slay at this challenge
1: <laughs> that's all I could think the whole time was I wonder what Wade's doing right now is he cringing, is he upset is he lamenting what is it, because well I think one of the best ones was uh, whoever picked up the guitar and had that good song Damar, Is it Zach? oh it was Damar? yeah um
0: the mocha Demar latte song it. where he uh, okay
1: yeah the mocha latte yeah. song yeah um um uh, whenever i hear latte by the way i think a latte larry's and his battle with mocha joe from the most recent season of curb your enthusiasm <laughs> fuck you mocha joe um yes. but uh i did think zach crushed it with that folksy box slapping
0: oh no i i disagree you disagree. I like Zach just fine. I don't know. I I, I thought everyone kind of kind of sucked. Well, no
1: one sucked <laughs> as bad as Ed.
0: Was it, Ed wasn't in this challenge. No.
1: Canadian Blaken.
0: Oh, my God. That was just cacophony.
1: Yeah. Why like would you choose cacophony? I don't that, know. That's never a good choice. He would have been better off. It, it, it is as if Canadian Blaken has never, ever touched a piano or understands the physics involved in creating a sound in a piano. Because if he had just pressed one key and pulled out the accordion, it would have mm-hmm. sounded better.
0: And I'm wondering if he just wasted too much time on the lyrics and didn't bother with the music. Cause it seems like if, even if you were just screwing around with an accordion for a few minutes, you would realize that just mashing a bunch of keys and pumping it was going to sound God awful.
1: I 100% think that most of these guys thought, well, the lyrics are what matters. Sure. And I'm not a musician, so why should I even pretend to try to play the musical instrument? Whereas yeah. I think you and I would have... I, I i probably could have created a poor melody with the accordion, at least.
0: Yeah, just playing, like, bass notes or yeah. one or two. You don't have to know how to play an instrument to kind of... Stumble upon something that sounds not awful, <laughs> but none of these guys, <laughs> everyone except Tamar, seemed to. I mean, it, like Riley didn't even bother. He just did a spoken word poem. Yeah, and so did Ivan. Fine.
1: Yeah, you know, my first thought with uh, Zach's uh, slapbox was, uh, I I went to Coachella a number of years ago now, and there's this group called A Baye. And they're these two um, mixed sisters who uh, play, I, I, I think they're like French Costa Ricans or something. God, I'm so sorry that I, I botched this. But um, it was just the two of them, one with a keyboard and one with one of those boxes. And where one of the sisters would hit the box, it would be bass or snare. So it was kind of like one of those uh, drum sets that are just MIDI controllers. Mm. So it was akin to that. And it was the most amazing experience, um, musically, live music, that I've ever, I've, I've ever experienced. And no one knows about them, and no one cares, really. So when I saw them, uh, if I had eight-foot arms, I could have touched them. Hmm. Like that's how close I was. It was it was awesome. Just pure listening bliss. It was it was fucking amazing. And they're so so talented. And everything is this heartfelt, lyric driven, uh, you know, uh, singing experience. For lack of any good term there, but sure. it was great.
0: <laughs> no, it sounds very like stripped down, organic, intimate.
1: Yeah, e- ecstasy is a hell of a drug. Yeah, well, I was on ecstasy that time,
0: and uh, yeah, that's a true <laughs> statement. Moving on.
1: Uh, so uh, Ivan so,
0: Ivan finally gets on the map, winning the challenge, getting the little uh, chill, chilling the little in the moves,
1: apartment. Dude. He, he's a soft little sweetie's man.
0: No, it was nice. I'm like glad that, you know, this yeah. is why this is a good season because there's like some sleepers. And you can see someone, Dude, you know, open up and show some personality. And, hey, I like this person, too. I like so many that of these date, people.
1: Right? Yeah. Dude, that date was so cute that they were like, they were just doing real, you know, real people shit.
0: Yeah. And it seems like you kind know? of an advantage, you know, not, I mean, I know it's quarantine, but instead of having to go skydiving or, you know, just doing some high stress, tense activity that's planned for you. Like, they really did just get to hang out all night.
1: literally all night they even watched a movie it appears they did floors lava they did twister they ordered food had a pillow fight and the pillow fight is quite act quite literally my uh, asthmatic allergy ridden nightmare
0: yeah it bothered Um, us too
1: I am so allergic to those goose feathers it's crazy Um, I would have died maybe I imagine that would have been on my form had I uh, signed up uh huh (laughs) <laughs> like, do not put me on the pillow fight, um, date. Uh, but you know what? I really think that, you know, the fact that they were able to slap together a super incredible one-on-one once in a lifetime date here in La Quinta of Palm desert is, is, is just so awesome. And, and after, when we found out the winner after the musical uh, challenge, you know, everybody else gets to go enjoy the rest of their evening here in the Palm Desert Jewel of La Quinta and Ivan and Tasha get to go have just the cutest little date of, I think, any of these seasons. And I loved it. Well, I, I will say um, for anyone who actually has seen other old, much older seasons, there's an episode where Juan Pablo and Andy, I'm pretty sure it's Andy go to Juan Pablo's house and they cook dinner together and then they just eat it afterwards and I wish there was more of stuff like that because it's real and it's relatable uh, and you can really get uh, get to know the other person in those instances yeah uh, you know yeah. yeah Um. and my one of, my next thought about this date as much as I loved it when they had the the food out on the table on display and they were just nomming on the, it
0: all. The ice cream, right?
1: We're going to get to the ice cream. Okay. Before we get to the ice cream, uh, I absolutely, all of that food looks like fucking garbage.
0: Yeah, it was like chicken tenders.
1: Did you see the pizza?
0: Yeah.
1: It was a straight up microwaved pizza. <laughs> like one step above um, that one dollar crispy crust one, you know, personal <laughs> that you can get, just to barely step above, and then that fucking ice cream just dripping, bro, fucking nasty.
0: Yeah, I think the physics of it: once that thing melts enough, it's just gonna start overflowing and dripping ice cream what everywhere. The fuck, and it was too much. It was wasteful. It was
1: way too much ice cream. Talk about a waste. Yeah. You know, I don't care if she got strawberry and Jamocha, which on the off chance that I do fucking decide to go get ice cream for once in my life. I'm Jewish, so I'm I'm lactose intolerant. Me too. You know, and that shit is just gross. I, I don't do ice cream. I've had a thing of ice cream in my fridge for four or five months now, <laughs> and I keep trying to pawn it off on everybody, but no one wants to take it. Thanks, coronavirus.
0: Right. So when people come over, hey, can I get you a beer? ice cream ice cream (laughs) yeah mix the two
1: together but it was just fucking dripping dude that's disgusting
0: that was weird and after that oh wait how the fuck and he he did it right here
1: how the fuck has she never met another la filipino person
0: oh i didn't get that you
1: kidding me yeah what the fuck are you talking about when he was like, "This is literally like the the largest grouping of Filipinos outside of the Philippines, like I went to high school with a number of Filipinos. What the hell it
0: seemed weird and I, then, I don't know what Orange County's like, maybe
1: well, and that's what I wanted to get into here is so what are your thoughts about Orange County, if any at all?
0: mine, yeah, I understand it's uh Conservative, and that maybe, you know, a little like upper upper class, a little, a little WASPy. I don't know if it's like country club rich, but I imagine. Have there's... you ever been to Laguna? I don't think so.
1: Well, when the time is right, you and Shannon one hundred percent should Airbnb in in Laguna, um, and uh, just it it it's an amazing little beach town, but it is so so expensive like any of those houses are ridiculously expensive Mm. and she we've seen what her house looks like from the hometowns and she's from a little bit more of the suburbs of orange county but even then she appeared close enough to the beach that it would be an expensive house in the suburbs of orange county so it doesn't surprise me that her experience growing up in California was a little bit different than anyone who grew up in Los Angeles because Orange County's a bit more homogenized racially than most other portions of Cali- well, of Southern California for that matter. I won't say all.
0: Yeah, that's uh, totally fair. Like yeah, In the city, you're going to bump into all kinds of people and, you know, suburbs are suburbs, just smaller, mm-hmm. smaller representation. Exactly. But, uh, so I, I am glad that they got to have real talk, although I was a little sketchy at first that like maybe the, the topic of, you know, the, uh, BLM and all that was maybe prompted initially. Cause it felt like a little forced, but then once they really got into it, it was nice.
1: My thoughts. thoughts exactly. Once they once they got into it, it appeared like oh, okay, so this started out as an abc shoved in our throats kind of thing and then became oh my god, it was real for them, which made it feel real and um and they spent a long time on it. And all of that I I really appreciated seeing that in a complete mainstream context. You know, I had a conversation yesterday with an old friend of mine that I never really get to see. And uh, to choose a microcosm of how that BLM stuff relates into the greater world is that all of the baseball playoffs had three or fourfold better ratings than the entirety of the uh, NBA playoffs and especially the finals. Really? (coughs) excuse me (coughs) well and yeah um, because uh, the NBA is a a players league 100% and the NBA players cared strongly about Black Lives Matter they put it on the court they put it on their jerseys it was was a core tenant to the bubble ending of the season to the NBA whereas baseball said we're just not going to televise any of that shit you know you do what you want And so I was talking to my buddy and I said, well, you know, and my buddy's name is Riley. So I said, well, Riley, uh, it's a rough compare. You know, I don't I don't it's a tough comparison because if you break down what makes the NBA versus what makes the MLB is that the NBA is five on five and your star on your team has a greater impact for the entirety of the game than your best ace pitcher or your best hitter. It's a completely different thing. The The entire product of the sport is completely different. And so the union for the NBA is much more powerful than the MLB's union because of the fact that the players hold so much more sway and so much more power within the visual market of people that watch that sport. You know, I mean, Kobe Bryant had fans in every city. Yeah. You know, because people came to go see Kobe fucking Bryant. People come to see LeBron James. It's not like, you know, you're a fan of the Dodgers. You know, like, I'm a fan of the Dodgers, but I wouldn't go out of my way to pick a Walker Bueller day or a Julio Julio Urias day. You know, like, it, it, it it's not as star-driven. And it's because the best players in the MLB aren't mass market stars. They're just not. Whereas LeBron makes a school, he's got a show, he's got shoot. You know, I mean, like, the guy's a fucking media mogul. God damn it. And so and it's because you get to see him for damn near all 48 minutes. And so because uh, without to completely turn this to politics, you had 76 million people vote for Biden and you had 70 million people vote for Trump. And what that breaks down to is is at a certain point there are there's a much wider overlap between those voting bases and people who support or don't want to hear about black lives matter so because of that if you have at any given moment for the highest ratings 20 to 25 million people watching something at one time chances are you're going to you know it it's going to break along those lines and so if you cut the 20 million at a maximum of 50% 52% going to, you know, one supporter of some one movement, you're never going to get to the same ratings as someone or a show rather or a sporting event that has the ratings and the uh ability to not make it partisan. So, I think that's what played into the NBA ratings being lesser than the MLB ones. So, and this is real roundabout and a long way to get here. I appreciate that ABC gave significant airtime to this moment from two black Americans and their experience in America
0: after the George Floyd protest movement. Agreed. Well said. That was a nice journey. (laughs) I uh, No, no, it was, yeah, uh, like, ultimately it was nice, but the cynic in me has seen, you know, the way the Bachelor franchise kind of takes relatively safe approaches to discussing controversy, you know, whether it be bullying or bisexuality or school shootings, like, at no point is anybody advocating for what I would consider decency, like, at no point uh, did or i would say like yeah that's fucked up we live in a racist fucking country like that's too alienating for sure so like but you just, said getting it in a mainstream show like yeah. being able to have even a softball conversation about it was was heartening
1: yeah i mean in my my main takeaway is is the mere fact that they had that in there could potentially alienate 50 percent Or 48 or whatever it ended up being. 48% of the voting population and probably more. I don't know what kind of radical outlier number you would have to add for a a real consensus of the random sample of the country. But that will make them lose viewers across the country. And so it may have been a softball. And it may have been somewhat contrived or forced from the producers, but it was still a risk for ratings.
0: Yes, and as two radical socialists, we have to recognize that even incremental, uh, you know, change is a good thing. To like, yes, they're not gonna they're not gonna say what you and I want them to say, but it's you know it's something so. Exactly. Exactly. Not exactly. going to fault the show or anyone in it for that. <laughs> yeah. So up next, we got this truth or dare date where okay. Becca and Sydney show up. To so
1: okay, <laughs> yeah. Here's my favorite part about this. Here are my two best friends. This is Becca. She was a former Bachelorette, and this is Sydney, an actual friend of mine. <laughs> 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 well, like the way she set that up was like, I mean. Why they make her say these are two good friends of mine. I, I hate that they have to do that. Becca's not her friend. I'm sure they're cordial and nice, but she's not really a friend, and you can see it plain as day if you look into the way that she worded that. It was hilarious to me. Yeah. But I loved this date.
0: No, same. And on your point, I think that uh, Tasha and Sydney probably got a little more bonding during their time on the show, and... You know, Becca is... Uh, I'm pretty sure she recently separated from Garrett, so Oh yeah. They might be Hardcore trying to, to rehabilitate her a little, like get her back in the in the rotation. Yeah.
1: Absolutely over politics, but we don't need to dive into it.
0: Yeah. No, let's let's hop right back in. This is talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh do you think they were really drinking smoothies with raw cow intestines and bull testicles and stuff?
1: One hundred percent yes
0: nice
1: but i have one quick thing to say Mm. sydney goes on the count of three and then she counts down three two one go and in my mind that's not really the count of three that's counting i'm gonna count down from three and on one you go yeah she lied to everyone she's a liar you heard it here first (laughs) (laughs) crucify sydney um but yeah no i do think they're drinking that shit it seemed real uh just because of the way that uh uh but just because of the way that uh some of their reactions when they were drinking it i think specifically riley
0: yeah he was the first and almost didn't finish
1: that seemed real. I bet it didn't taste as bad as it could have. This isn't fear factor. But
0: fucking nasty. Yeah. You think it was real? Sure. I I it's for some reason I really focused in on how uh concerning the next morning poop situation was going to be for everyone. Oh my god, Cause, yeah. because cuz they're drinking like, you know, maybe raw uh Cow parts, and then they all had to eat a habanero pepper, and then they have cocktails afterwards. Like, oh, Jesus, I've, Christ I've been there, right. and it's not pleasant the next day. So, I was kind of surprised that, like, none of the dudes in between the talked date maybe dairy. had to go throw up or, yeah, or talked in depth <laughs> about their, about their poopies yeah. on the show. This,
1: the thing that made it feel real to me was I've drank some nasty shit on a dare. And you can get through probably about 75% of something. And if you don't keep rushing through the last 25%, you will have that moment where your body catches up to the senses. And so seeing that exact thing happen to him, I thought, okay, so I think this is real.
0: Yeah. Say, Zach, what was the grossest thing you ever drank on a dare?
1: What is the grossest thing I ever drank on a dare? Um blended uh raw gizzards and hot sauce? Ooh. That's pretty gross. Yeah. Um but I, in my mind I think of like supplements that are nasty.
0: Oh sure. Or like uh what was that that green food drink that uh you were into a couple years ago? Soylent. That stuff <laughs> tasted great. Yeah?
1: Um, yeah, that green shit that I was drinking tasted fucking amazing. It didn't even taste bad. Okay. You guys had the wrong idea on that.
0: I just assumed it okay. would taste like dirt or grass. Pal? Alright.
1: One of the green drinks that wasn't that one thing that I think you're talking about did taste bad, and I gave it to my mom. I was like, <laughs> yeah, it tastes good.
0: <laughs> She'll always love you. Yeah, yeah, she will. Uh,. Uh, another highlight for me from this date is that little video clip that I texted you where they have to get Chris Harrison to autograph a uh, part of their bodies where the sun don't shine and the way God they, bless Chris the way they introduced him to that scene with dr- drinking champagne and eating a lobster with the classical music and just so pleased He's with himself insane, dude live in the highlight I, I
1: I'm I am i am Chris is really shining this season yeah, we get an even better scene later. And then the full scene at the end where Chris really gets to shine. Uh,
0: sure. Yeah, let's just blow to it. Uh, So what? Zach gets the rose from that group date after the truth or dare game. And then we have some cocktails and then a couple of the dudes decide to make some after hours moves.
1: Oh, yeah, but two of them i thought they were gonna walk in on each other they did a great job of setting that up
0: that was yeah that was some good film uh, some editing to set up tension yeah. and fucking ed couldn't find her place
1: what the fuck dude she's the one with el presidente on it like we know that uh so yeah so it was ben and ed who they're gonna go make a bold move finally it's time for a bold move to show Tasha how much you love her. Because, see, the thing is, is we're in the beautiful jewel of the desert here at La Quinta, and we're not gonna find love in exotic, you know, faraway places. Where truly, the only, the only, the only places you can find love in the world. And so, in order to differentiate yourself from the rest of the pack. You got to be bold. And that's why I asked Wade if he likes being bold cuz Tasha likes being bold. And Ed and here Ben, they both they both tried to be bold and one was successful and the other was successful in a different way. Successful in a different way. Yes. So Ben made it to Let's get to Ben first. Ben yeah. made it to Tasha's and if you remember in the episode prior, he didn't get any time with Tasha and then Tasha
0: said that she was disappointed in him rightfully so he slept on it anytime 100% someone yes. if someone announces their plans on a schedule on this show it's going to go wrong if we learned nothing from bibiana you don't announce your plans you just do it
1: yes and so he went in and gave her a heartfelt breakdown of how he's feeling and why he wants to stay and why he likes her And I think made a good change
0: for their relationship. I think the room service on top of it was nice.
1: The room service was a good move. And again, those motherfucking editors got me on that.
0: Yeah, you thought it was
1: going to be Ed. Ed. Like, great job. Absolute 10 out of 10.
0: Yeah, I do. It's such a crapshoot, this strategy of being bold. And maybe it's just because Tasha is more receptive to it. But in in the past, you know, obviously... uh, Ah, oh, crap. What was the little little Roids guy? I forget his name. The one that ended up with Crystal. Goose. The Goose. The Goose, like, yeah. He tried that shit, showing up after hours, and got promptly sent home, and I think Demi had the same situation with Colton.
1: <laughs> yes, it's a total hit or miss. Well, and Crystal did it, too, but in, like, an antithetical way, hmm. where she decided not to go.
0: That's right. She uh, boycotted that group date, yeah. or the cocktails.
1: And generally, I'm pretty pretty supportive of an alternative, you know, sort of protest. But not that time. And so the bold move worked for Ben. And as you alluded to, worked in a different way for
0: Ed. Yeah, he got a little father-son time. He got a little dad time. At 2.30 in the morning. Like, I don't want to knock on Chris, but do you think he's probably asleep and comfortable and he did seem a little uh you know like what the hell are you doing here it's two thirty in the morning well come it, on in i don't know what his sleep
1: schedule was like there it appears he probably doesn't need to be available until the afternoon so maybe he does stay up later but it did feel like they had to go wake him you know because chris doesn't just appear on television in something that isn't Like, nice looking.
0: Right. Someone had to give him the heads up.
1: Yeah. I mean, he was wearing a sweatshirt and a T-shirt. Like, that was not your regular Chris.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm sure he asked for hazard pay for his image (laughs) on that one. Yeah. But Ed shows up and he goes, what the hell are you doing here? And Ed mumbles to himself. And Chris is like, well, come on in, I guess. Do you want a drink? And it looked like a beautiful bottle of wine. By the way, Chris has got the hookups and they're sitting there and they're drinking the bottle of wine and you can just see in Chris's eyes like,
0: God damn, what the hell is going on? Yeah, Ed, you know, (laughs) like I don't necessarily dislike Ed, but I, uh, nor do I fully cringe for him,
1: but there's just this
0: fucking guy. He just like, he can't get it. He can't get in the game.
1: Yeah, he's... He's got a weird way about him. Yeah. That's for sure. And I really appreciated the extra cut there at the end. And we got to see how they edited... I forget the line, whatever it was, but... It it came off different in the edited version for the episode than it did in the full-length little scene Mm. at the end. And... You know, I guess it's not all bad. He did get a rose for whatever
0: reason. And I I do not get that. I almost wonder if it's uh, maybe maybe he and Chris bonded over wine and had a nice time. And Chris is like, you got to let this kid stick around. Like, I can't stand anyone else here.
1: So I'm glad you brought that up because I wrote it down here that Ed is the producer pick. Because I think he's pretty malleable. And for whatever reason, He's going to get into some scenario that will benefit the show. And, then, and it's because he's so adamant against... Because he's got nothing to lose, because he's not really in the game. And he'll just keep calling out fake people. Like Noah.
0: Yeah, but he won't like fully form a rivalry or get trashy about it.
1: Correct. Correct. Um... So, I guess, so that's that, and then we get the Rose Ceremony cocktail party, right?
0: Yes, the cocktail party that Noah
1: ruined. Yes, and I think this is the crux of the season going forward. It would appear. Noah is a fucking turd. I agree. I don't like him at all. Just because of like the way he is. Yeah. Just I just don't fucking like that guy. I don't like the way he looks. That guy's spare parts, bud.
0: Same. I don't I don't know what it is and I uh there's just something about the eyes where he like yes. he reminds me of my niece and nephew when they're misbehaving or I don't know, man. I don't want to say he doesn't have a soul, but like, he's got that, like look in his eye, like he's just fucking with people or like, he doesn't quite have empathy or manners as it were.
1: Any or all of the above. And I appreciate the fact that Bennett was like, I have nothing more to say to you after he calls, after he says to him, can you imagine talking to a 14 year old? That's what this is like.
0: I have a paraphrasing of his quote, which I was okay, very much behind, which is, uh, there is a 0% chance you end up with Tasha. Everyone knows it. She will know it soon enough. And I think you owe everyone here an apology.
1: Brilliant. Brilliant work. Truth. On point. And to that point, to that end, though, if Tasha ends up kicking off Bennett during the two-on-one and keeping Noah, she's going to watch this shit and be like oh wow yeah i fucked up um but i think she's gonna keep bennett
0: here's hoping no there yeah, I mean, I he's, thought- he's right there's no way that noah is her guy he's he's a kid he's a child and he's, he's literally a child and he came in late and had the luxury of making a quick good impression but he cannot sustain anything beyond that you know any any hot or whatever, like, attractive dude can just kind of, like, flirt with you and get you interested for a day. But what's their second conversation going to look like? Is, no like, substance. Is he going to open up, be real? I don't see it.
1: He's devoid of substance. I I, I don't like him, and I'm glad they're going to get the two-on-one over with here soon. And I can see why Tasha, in the context of this show, would be, like... Is this how you guys are all the time? But I don't fault Bennett for being like, you're a child and I'm going to call you out on it all the time because I'm a grown ass man. But that in and of itself, the catch 22 of it all is that's kind of childish
0: yeah as much as like Bennett has the facade of being a classy educated gentleman the fact that he is engaging in this and reducing himself it's like which sucks and it always happens in the uh yeah yeah. what what did I call it (laughs) like the the three-way beef date that they have every season yes it's like even if you're the nicer guy or the other guy like sucks way more than you you still look bad getting involved in it
1: so to that end though, it's so hard to be like <clears throat> Sometimes it's hard to take the high road, especially when you're losing something or you're missing out or you're the center of the attack. So like I I get what Bennett's doing, but in the context of the show which I'm confident he's never watched. <laughs> Is a bad look, unfortunately, but I I think it's gonna work out for him. Fingers crossed.
0: Yeah, here's the open because it's it's also that situation where everybody knows who the problem is. Like let's let's take Crystal. You know, even though she you know kind of became more likable after her season, that like everyone in the house was like, oh, this chick's crazy. Like she's being like really fake and kind of like arrogant and mean to everybody, and like someone's got to voice it. And I guess Bennett's probably one of the more eloquent speakers to do that. Could you imagine, like, if Chasen decided to spearhead the whole, like, fuck Noah train? Like, he'd be all aggro and it would get, like, nasty quick.
1: Yes, that's a great point. I think that is actually a really good point. Yeah,
0: that's all I got. Still sucks. Uh,
1: I don't think yeah, Bennett's going to win
0: sucks. either, though, so...
1: No, I don't think so. Who do you think she's... Are, are, do you have more outside of the uh, rose ceremony?
0: Uh, No, I want to just... Let's ho- do
1: the rose ceremony and then let's get to some other stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, we said goodbye.
1: I can't c- believe she cut boy band. I can. I thought they were vibing.
0: I don't know. I th- I think like everyone she cut was i probably would have like guessed that if we were doing the bracket this year
1: for sure i mean chasen's a no doubter um who else did she cut? black mac jordan who's never had any play
0: mm-hmm. yeah joe didn't didn't have any like chemistry or physical connection joe
1: well, oh yeah i miss you joe sweet boy
0: i guess technically like ed who got to stay and blake have also not had any like but no she was crushing
1: on blake a little bit she said wow he was so sweet he took down his walls you're much more sensitive than i would have thought blake's not going anywhere
0: it's it's really hard with guys like him because whenever they're on screen i just say like fuck blake fuck this guy and i'm maybe i'm not paying close enough attention to what's actually happening
1: I think we're not seeing it. And to that end, I don't think we're seeing really what Noah's like. I would imagine that Noah during the day when you have to deal with him, he probably literally is talking about TikToks and Instagram. And Bennett is like, what the fuck am I doing here? (laughs) I'm rich, you know? Yeah. uh Uh, so yeah i mean all the people that she cut i was like okay and and so now i think we've reached the point in the season where it is now going to become difficult and unfortunately i think easy and damar unless they do something aren't going to make it
0: agreed i don't think ed or blake really have
1: ed or blake aren't gonna make it yes
0: there's just too many front runners right now so okay top three what do you got
1: top three Ben, Brendan Ivan Ben, Ben, Brendan,
0: Ivan Okay I would do, uh, Brendan, Ivan, Zach
1: Oh, Zach Yes
0: Which I don't, I so, don't know She's like
1: Oh, I didn't scroll down and get the full list
0: Okay He's always been, For like, those, a good to, standby and, sorry, Yeah Yeah
1: I was just going to say, to let everyone behind the scene here, I always forget to bring up this fucking list of the contestants. And I finally did this time, but I didn't load the full screen. <laughs> so, sucks to me, I guess.
0: Sucks to your asthma.
1: Sucks to your Asmar.
0: Okay, so we, we overlapped. So I think those four are, yeah. are who, who we're considering the frontrunners right now. Zach, Brendan... Ben, and Ivan. Ben, Ivan.
1: And That's Ivan, gonna be,
0: just for getting on the map this episode, like...
1: He got on the map hard, bro. Yeah. Hard, hard. And like, That's nice uh, to see.
0: And who, like, I don't know, like, Riley was on the map, but just briefly several episodes ago. So, you know, some people have trouble, like, bouncing back.
1: Yeah, Riley's not gonna hang. I think he's a catch for sure, but he's... I mean... He's just leaning into the lawyer shit, and not being real.
0: <laughs> Do you like the, the uh, fucking contract? Girlfriend contract? That he got yeah. a kiss out of.
1: Yeah, and it was like, oh, okay, cool, real, real cool there, dude.
0: Well sets nice. him apart, you know? He's he's one of the few left that has a big boy job next to like Bennett and Ivan. Wealth management and aeronautical engineer.
1: Oh my god, he's an aeronautical engineer.
0: Not to shame the working class people, but when you think uh bank jobs
1: yeah oh my god she might choose ivan
0: i could see her in dallas it's a lot like orange county
1: <laughs> all right are you uh, are you good i, think I have so. one final thing go for it how do you feel about chris harrison saying y'all
0: uh, same way I feel about Tasha saying y'all. You know, I look up to and admire both of them very much, and uh, I don't. I don't think y'all's appropriation. Like you've, you've okay. brought this up before, right. it's not. I know it's not like an in-racial slur. It's just it's just a conjunction word.
1: And if you liked what you heard here today, you can send us an email at ILoveThatBachelor at Gmail this has been I Love That Bachelor. I'm Zach. And I'm Wade. And Edward James Olmos is the best goddamn actor on the whole fucking planet. I would see a celebrity death match between him and Denzel Washington, but instead of killing each other, it has to be through acting. Because, wow. Sharon Valeria the Cylon shot Edward James Olmos, and yet he let her other... Simon's sister Stay aboard the ship Thanks for listening Bye